episode of Bury the Lead. I'm one of your co-hosts, Winnipeg Free Press columnist Jen Zeratti. And I'm your other co-host, Winnipeg Free Press multimedia producer Aaron Labar. And today on the show, we are talking about all kinds of things, including the new Winnipeg sign at the Forks. We're also going to be talking a lot about the potential cuts uh, of the lactation consultants at HSC. We are caffeinated. We are pissed. Let's do this. Before we get to the feminist rage, um, how was your week? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was good. I went to my very first Bombers game at Investors Group Field. I still have not been to a Bombers game. It was actually really fun. Like, you know that I'm not a, a sportsy person. You play soccer. That's more, sp- <laughs> that's more sportsy than me. And I did used to work in the sports department, fun fact, at night when they made me do the stats page, which was probably always wrong. So I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> fun story. Before I get to my actual point, I was in 7-Eleven once and then a guy was looking at the, they call it the agate page. And he's like, this is all wrong. And I had done it the night before. <laughs> and I was like, oh God. Just slunk on out of there. Yeah. I was like, oh, terrible. Um, but yeah, so my, my boyfriend is a season ticket holder and he had an extra seat and he's like, come with me to the game. So we went and it was really fun. And he bought me a cowbell because I saw um, a few people in front of me had a bell and I was like, oh man, I want to, I want to ring that. So we got one. And I rang it like town crier style, like, (laughs) the bombers have scored. Um, And then we left because it was the game last week that was like the thriller ending. Yeah. And he made me leave like three minutes to go or like two minutes to go because Montreal had scored another touchdown. Bombers were way behind. He's like, let's get on that park and ride bus and head, head back. And I was like, but they could still come back. And he's like, your optimism is like annoying so like like let's just go so we get as we're walking to the bus we hear that they got another touchdown and I was like oh my god they're only six points behind like they could totally win and he's like Aaron there's a minute like they're not gonna win and then we're on the bus and one of the guys was listening to it in his uh earbud on his phone and they scored another touchdown and they ended up winning and I just like looked at him and I was like <laughs> I told you um, oh god I feel like that is something that is so quintessentially winnipeg we are such a we gotta beat the traffic kind of town <laughs> like just I, I always think about how many like game-winning touchdowns or like they finally played the single in the encore like so yeah. many moments that have yeah. been missed because we uh, gotta gotta beat that traffic and like my first game in igf like on the most ridiculous last minute of a game that has happened maybe ever and we were on the park and ride bus wah, wah. Thanks, Nick. No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. I love you. Um, I, I guess this is like tangentially sports themed in that it's fitness related. Right. But I have been, so I've been a Good Life Fitness member and they're not sponsoring the episode of the show. So, Although we will like accept sponsors. Show, of course. <laughs> um, but I've been a member for a really long time and I've been eagerly anticipating the opening of the new gym at grand park oh yeah because it's so close because it went in the old um Ze- uh, zellers target. no target it target, was zellers yeah. and then target and then yeah yeah <laughs> you in the 90s um <laughs> so yeah so now it's canadian tire and good life fitness it's a huge beautiful brand new club like the change rooms are so nice but i did after the pod last week when we were recording because we record this on thursdays um i had mentioned that i was gonna go do a step class at my new gym and that I was going to bike there because it was so close. <laughs> and what did I say, Jen? You said that this was a bad idea because my legs would be jello. So I was like, nah, I got this. I'm confident about this. So I rode. It was great. It was like a nice warm up. Did the class, which was so hard. And then I leave 
and I stood in front of my bike and was just like, why did I do this? The regret <laughs> washed over me. I was like, oh God. So it took me 10 minutes to ride there because I was kind of just like riding at a leisurely mm-hmm. pace and almost 20 to ride home. Because I was just like, mm, <laughs> this feels uncomfortable. So that was basically my week was recovering from a, a lot of exercise and a sustained period of time and one thing i did want to mention one thing that i did not do this week was review bruno mars last night right and i know some people will probably be wondering why we didn't uh, do a review of such a large show and the answer is um sometimes live nation which is the company that promotes all these big concerts they do not approve reviews or photos um occasionally we will purchase a ticket anyway and just go review the show like you had done with bruno mars last time yes and i think i did that with janet jackson but the tickets that were left were $275. So yeah, it's uh so how it works basically for reviewers. So it's like a little bit of insider baseball for you, but like we get comped tickets from yes. Live Nation yeah. that we're able to get in the door and that's just And in the press box more And in the press box. Yeah. So we don't even really actually use those seats. It's just basically a ticket to get into the venue. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, the not all requests for those are approved. And very kind of, rarely are they not approved. Very it's it's really rare, but it's kind of And been, I don't actually understand why they wouldn't be approved. I think it's honestly up to the artist and it management. Is. Yeah. And but so but again, think, like I like for someone yeah. like Bruno Mars who, you know, is at the top of his game and is like widely regarded as an excellent performer. I don't know why they would avoid reviews. Like, I know that we weren't allowed to review Meatloaf as well. But in that situation, I it was completely different because I know he was actually struggling quite a bit on tour and they probably were trying to avoid any negative reviews. But for Bruno Mars, I feel like it was pretty much guaranteed to be a four or four and a half star review. So it was announced... I guess a week ago or two weeks ago that in the efforts to um, conserve money in the health department, um, HSC will be removing or the plan is to remove the two lactation consultants that they currently have working uh, in the birthing center at HSC. Um, Our health reporter, Jane Gerster, has been covering this quite closely. And uh, there was a rally at the ledge that happened the other day um, that she also covered. And uh, we wanted to talk about it today on the podcast because we, full disclosure, neither Aaron or I are moms ourselves, Mm -hmm. but we're friends with a lot of women who are and new moms too, because we're in the late 20s, Mm -hmm. early 30s demographic and so we thought it would be useful to share some of their perspectives today and especially as women who have used lactation consultants recently yeah um because our sense is that there's a bit of misunderstanding not a bit a lot of misunderstanding about what they do who they are and why they're important and why a cut like this is actually really short-sighted and detrimental to many different aspects of healthcare. So we kind of crowdsourced some yeah. some stories from our friends. Like we got a ton of replies a ton in a sh- really short responses. period of time. Yeah, and uh, good and bad. Yeah. Um. So a lot of stories about traumatic births and experiences that have kind of run the mill. But kind of the through line in all of them was thank god for lactation consultants right that is <laughs> yeah. the too long didn't read version is yeah yeah thank god that these people were here for me right. Okay, so do you want to share a couple of the stories that you have? Yeah, so I have two stories that kind of have um, similarities that I'm going to share. The first one is from Kristen Osborne. And she said that she uh, wanted to share with us her experience with the LCs at HSC. So 
going forward, LCs is Lactation Consultants and HSC is Health Sciences Center. Yeah. <laughs> um, just for brevity. Um, she said that she used the service heavily after her daughter was born. And she doesn't think she would have been able to breastfeed without their guidance, knowledge, and motivation. And she says, I had a very traumatic birth. And although breastfeeding was not something I had considered to be of particularly particular importance before that experience, it became incredibly important to me afterwards, particularly in terms of of bonding with my baby. So she ended up having, um, she just ended up having kind of a a hairy birth, right? And uh, she wanted to have that bonding aspect, Mm -hmm. which I think is something that people maybe don't realize. How important that is. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, yeah. And she said that she had... um, she had seen other lactation specialists in the community at breastfeeding group, but she says that they didn't, they just didn't have the same breadth of knowledge or the time to spend with individuals that the two ladies at HSC did. Mm -hmm. And if that had been her only access to an LC, she doesn't think that she would have continued trying to breastfeed. And she thinks that would have really affected, she said, this is Kristen again, I really think that would have affected my mental health negatively at a pretty precarious time for my mental health in general. I think it's terrible that the government is cutting the service to women, and I feel that they most likely don't understand its value. Breastfeeding is not something that comes naturally to a lot of women, and a lot of women use the service. On my street alone, there were three of us seeing the ladies at HSC at the same time. that's bananas. Yeah. So she has three points in there that I think we should go back to. Mm -hmm. Um, One is the fact that breastfeeding is hard and it does not come naturally to a lot of people. I don't think it comes naturally really to anybody. And uh, a lot of the comments and things sort of like pro removing the lactation consultants were like, breastfeeding is, it's been done for thousands of years. Mm. And like, why can't you just stick a boob in a baby's mouth? And that's how hard could it be? You know? And it's like, no, it's actually really difficult. It's not a perfect system. Like, and you know, babies are fussy and depending on how a baby was born, um, after cesarean section, it takes mm. a little while for your milk to come in. So I was hanging out with my friend Jess last night and she has a new little girl mm-hmm. um, who's a month old today. And she was telling me she ha- had a very traumatic C- yeah, emergency yeah, C-section yeah. birth. Yeah. And uh, her point was the whole, well, just get a nurse to do it. Her nurse didn't really know much about breastfeeding and told her point blank, I don't know much about breastfeeding here's a pump. Yeah. See ya. So that was my second thing that I wanted to talk about yeah. that they're sort of going to be, um, expecting nurses to take over this, this lactation consultant role. But a lot of them don't have, again, the breadth of knowledge that these women, these specialists do on top of the fact that they already are overworked and they just don't, do not have the time yeah. to sit. And that's like a totally unreasonable expectation nurses, to think nurses are busy. Nurses are busy and it's not fair to sort of put the burden on them to have to handle this extra task either. Here's another story. This is from my friend, Amy McGimsey. And she had, she was, you know, kind of a self-identified type A planned, <laughs> planned for everything, read all the books, took all the prenatal classes. Yeah. Like, Asked her, all her mom friends, all the questions. She she felt prepared. She had a birth plan. She was ready to go. Mm-hmm. And uh, the birth of her son did not go to her plan and ended up being quite traumatic for her mm-hmm. emergency C-section situation. Um, and she said of her lactation consultant, um, well, she said, they, they say that those who have had a C-section or have been through trauma sometimes have a harder time with breastfeeding. I can't say if that is true or not, but breastfeeding was extremely difficult for me. Some of the nurses I had were great and supportive, but it wasn't until I had a visit with an LC two days later that he latched for the first time. 
I'd just gotten my catheter out and I still hadn't slept more than 45 minutes. And she was supportive as I cried, frustrated with my breastfeeding and also acknowledged my disappointment for the birth experience I felt I didn't have. Mm-hmm. And she felt, she said she felt silly about that because her baby was healthy, but mm-hmm. to have someone that listened to her and supported her and acknowledged that, yeah, this was shitty and not what you wanted, you mm-hmm. know? And she said she gave me the emotional support and time I needed that the busy nurses weren't able to provide. My milk came in two days later and my son also couldn't have formula, which is another thing because he's allergic to cow protein. Oh, jeez. Yeah. So breast milk was kind of right. it, right? Um, I'm so thankful I had my LC. I don't think I would have continued breastfeeding otherwise. And side note, I breastfed until he was 15 months old. Mm-hmm. And that's, again, the third point that I wanted to bring up uh, is the mental health aspect of it as well. For sure. So when you're removing resources uh, from women who are literally in their most vulnerable state of their lives, physically as well as emotionally, like that is going to have long lasting effects. That is like a road to postpartum for sure. Well, and also it just, there's so much about pregnancy and birth that people have so many opinions about it and there's so many shoulds and should nots and mm-hmm. this is what it means to be a woman kind of thing right and when I was talking to my friend Jess she was saying that she felt like a failure on two fronts one she had to have a c-section mm-hmm. and two breastfeeding was a struggle and it c- continues to be ongoing like it's getting easier all the time mm-hmm. but it, initially it's it's hard right so then those feelings of feeling like you failed on some fundamental level right that's also terrible so yeah. to have someone it's a real emotional burden for, for sure. sure. So to have someone available to you that can talk you through all those emotions yeah. and listen. So it kind of goes beyond the, I think people are too hung up on whether or not the baby latches and kind of forgetting the whole, yes, what greater. lactation consultants yeah. provide is more than just making sure your baby gets fed. Right. They it's also the make support. sure that yeah. mom's okay too. Yeah. So I have two friends that have had babies, uh, one just a few weeks ago and one about 10 months ago. And both of them use lactation consultants. Um, and one of them said, uh, I had a lactation consultant at St. B come and see me before we checked out. She gave me reassurance and a plan to follow when going home. If not for her, I definitely would not have had as positive an experience. And this particular friend, um, she's been taking advantage of like the support groups and the LCs in their sort of community environment. But um, it's not quite the same as having one-on-one attention. And then my friend uh, Emily, who had a baby about 10 months ago, um, said that, like, pretty much reiterated the same point that um, that she probably would not have been able to breastfeed at all without the help of a lactation consultant. So, And that was kind of the thing that I kept hearing from others who, mm-hmm. uh, who I haven't quoted today, but that was kind of the ongoing thing that I kept running into was... I don't think I would have done this had it not been right. for the service. And also I want to make a point uh, to say that we're not, um, you know, sort of promoting breastfeeding over formula feeding. You know, it's just, a, it's a personal choice. Oh, whatever yeah. you're whatever able to do, whatever baby, works. It's great. So we just uh, want to make that clear as well. But this is the sort of issue at hand. Moving on. Let's talk about the Winnipeg <laughs> sign. <laughs> the Winnipeg sign at the forks. A little bit of a left turn there. Yeah. little lighten, lighten the mood. Mm-hmm. Um, so we disagree about this. We do. (laughs) We do. I understand that everybody has these city signs that Mm -hmm. people take photos in front of and like, fine, whatever. I just, I think (laughs) I don't have a problem with the sign itself. I just kind of wish that we could have gotten 
the rubber ducky that Toronto got. Oh, geez. I'm jealous. Why? Of, because it's hilarious. But it just, it comes and then it goes and then yeah, it's gone. Could you imagine if it was like a giant rubber ducky drifting down like the Assiniboine River <laughs> that you could just see like everywhere in the background, like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. I mean, I think that's funny. I think it's funny. But I also like, I don't understand why everyone has to poop all over everything all the time. Like they just, they just wanted to do something nice and they had all this funding for the games and sure they probably could have spent it in a way that was slightly more productive. Let's get a giant sans serif font that looks exactly okay. like everybody else's. They just wanted, I can, I know they just wanted to have something that would stay after the games that people would use. For sure. And it's not for us, it's for tourists and, and as a city that's trying to increase their tourist population, having a place where you can take a an iconic Winnipeg selfie. Like, why not? What's the, what's the big that's deal? A good point. Why is everyone so negative all the time? And what I will say, because it, well, that's, it's part of who I am as a, <laughs> as a columnist. <laughs> um, no, but I do think that's a good point. And I also, the thing that I do like about it is where it is. I think it's like, you can like the photos that people have taken with it so far, which have been mostly locals by the way. So, which is cute, um, have been great. Cause you have the whole like, Right. Skyline in, in the back And, like, there. people love that freaking light-up sign in Toronto. If I have to see one more picture in front of that light-up sign, like... See, they, you're going to be saying that about Winnipeg and T-minus That's fine. Six months. No, no. I want that, though. I want people to come to our city. I want, we talked about this before, that tourism is important for the city. So if, the, if it takes a sans serif sign to do it, I I'm all like for it. I feel like there's so many iconic Winnipeg landmarks that you can just as easily take a selfie in front of that don't say Winnipeg on them. But that's not what people want. They want peop- other people to know what people city they're in. People are wrong. They want people to know what city <laughs> they're in, Jen. We don't have an Eiffel Tower, so we got to have a sign. So for our last segment, as we do every week, it's what we're reading, watching, and or listening to. Jen, what are you What are you doing? Um, so I... Finally, so further to what we were talking about last week with Arcade Fire's marketing campaign. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, which I noticed that there was a whole bunch of like think pieces and yeah. columns and stuff yeah, about this it. this week. We're on trend, Jen. We were on trend. Also, I forgot to mention that it's breastfeeding week, so we're doubly on trend. It's totally breastfeeding week, so yeah. look at us. Um, so I finally listened. Arcade Fire's album came out last Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, as I said last time, like longtime fan I don't know how I feel about this record yet. I think it might be a little bit more of a grower for me. Is the first single sort of indicative of what the rest of the record sounds yeah, like? Yeah. Like kind of much, like disco-y? It's much like the ABBA is strong. Okay. <laughs> the ABBA is strong with this one. Um, which I don't mind because I love ABBA, which yeah. we can talk about another time. Um, but it's uh, definitely a lot more electronic focused. Okay. My issue with it, I think, is just going back to the marketing thing and just like what they're trying to say with it. I don't mm-hmm. know that it necessarily well, did you works. S- did you but... see that thing that they sent that fake rider to Stephen Colbert? Yeah. And it was like the most ridiculous thing. It like... was like only one package of vegan hot dogs. That's the only food <laughs> or drink we want in the room. No one's allowed to talk to the drummer, even if he initiates a conversation. <laughs> it was very funny and like quite, quite clearly satire, but some people just like didn't understand. Oh, yeah. Um, and I think that, and a lot of the songs are trying to deal with that too, just sort of our current culture and technology. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, there's literally a song, a pair of songs called infinite content. Oh, like, okay. Um, but yeah, it's just, there are a few songs in there that I'm like, I don't know about this new direction. So we'll see. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a grower, I think. And then I'm still watching ER. <laughs> 
2006 I've, update? Yeah, I think I'm now in season 13. Nice. And so, I mean, Luca and Abby have had their baby at this point. It's the whole, like, now they have, like, a crazy stalker. Oh, right, yeah. right, right. Um, John Stamos is now a full cast member. Fully in there. Exciting times. But the reason I bring this up is... Oh my God, the mid 2000s fashion wise cannot come back. We have to stop this in its tracks before it happens. And I feel like it's inevitable because this so, 90s oh, it's party coming. is going to end. It's coming. What is it? Big belts? Yeah. Like put a giant belt on everything. Uggs the, and sweatpants. The, Uggs and sweatpants. The the Laird look is popular among the, okay. the female staff of like County tanks, General tanks in over t shirts? Yeah. Like the unbuttoned Henley with right. like the lace tank right. peeking underneath. I used to call people wearing Uggs gingerbread feet because they look like they had gingerbread man feet. <laughs> they totally do. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Let's I've pray just, that that does not come back. Yeah. Like. All my university years was Uggs and sweatpants for everybody. Yeah. It's not a. Not a good look. It's not a good time for, for fashion. Like, my favorite was, like, the fully made up face and, like, perfect hair and then Uggs and sweatpants. <laughs> yeah. Like, the velour juicy yeah, couture yeah, yeah. sweatsuit. That's great. I never once wore that, but yeah. No, me neither. But I definitely put a belt on it. <laughs> <laughs> every chance i got put a belt on it How this look is missing something yeah a, a, a giant a giant belt is what it's missing yeah a giant wrestling belt <laughs> um, are you I, reading watching or listening yeah to? i actually uh i got my new uh edition of paste magazine in the mail the other day it's a quarterly and so paste is a sort of music now it used to be just music but now it's sort of like tech and culture and stuff too film tv um they used to have a print edition that i would read all the time and then they went to online only for a long time. And now they're back with a print edition. It's only the second second uh, copy of the of the print new print series. And it's like a really big, beautiful, like heavy magazine that's the size of a record. Because when you get the magazine, you also get a sampler on a vinyl. Oh, very cool. So they have put some of the live sessions that they record in their studio uh, in New York. And they send you a, a vinyl with probably 12 tracks on it you can listen to while you're reading your magazine and it's so beautiful and the art is really well done and the paper is like that really thick awesome glossy paper oh, i like that so and it's like well over 100 pages so it takes me quite a while to get through it so that's what i'm reading they had a really good cover story on with a uh, grizzly bear and there's a story about beth ditto too that i i'm halfway through that i it's really good awesome her new record is great by yeah the way. um what are you working on this week uh this week i'm starting my interstellar rodeo previews because that's creeping up awful quickly uh, and i know you're doing folklorama stuff yeah so i have um a story in this saturday's paper kind of kicking off folklorama because it starts on sunday, sunday yeah. um 48th annual festival already mm-hmm. which is crazy mm-hmm. um but the new first nations pavilion so it's been a couple oh, years yeah. since they've had a first nations pavilion at folklorama um in t- 2013 was the last time and they had two and then uh they haven't for a couple of years. So I have a story about that and mm-hmm. spoke to Buffy Handel, who is the pavilion coordinator. She's mm-hmm. also the founder of the Aboriginal School of Dance. Oh, cool. And she's super cool. Like one of those people I where... I feel like you have a little bit of a lady crush on her. I kind of do. Because it's like, you know, where you just like talk to people forever and then you want to use like... And suddenly you have 40 minutes of tape to transcribe. <laughs> so that's in Saturday. And then um, I have another Fulcarama story. For about, week two. For week two, which, okay. I'll, which I'll talk about next week. But... We want you guys to go to Folklorama. Yeah, so we have an exciting giveaway. We have a giveaway. Woo. Woo. 
I feel like we should have a, like a giveaway sound effect. Doing. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> Thanks. Where's my cowbell? <laughs> here you. I give away. Um. So yeah. So how this is gonna work? We have a couple of tour visas mm-hmm. to give away, so that you can hit up Volcarama. Um. So to win these bad boys, you have to tweet at me at Jenzerati. Um, what did we say? Your your top three pavilions that you would like to visit this like year. Visit. Yeah. And the tour visa gets you uh, admission free for any pavilion. Which is awesome. Food and booze is still up to you, but we'll get you in for free. Exactly. So tweet that at me and uh And we'll we'll do a draw. We'll do the draw on Sunday. Yeah. So August what's the date? I don't even know. <laughs> Today is the fourth, third. Six August six. <laughs> Thanks. I was gonna help you. But August six. We'll struggle. do the draw. So tweet at Jen before August sixth, which means you have to listen to the pod early this week. Otherwise, you're gonna miss out. Otherwise, you're gonna yeah, it'll be SOL. And uh, as always, speaking of social media, you can you can also find our work online at WinnipegFreePress.com. You can follow us on social media. I'm at Jen Zaratti on Instagram and Twitter, and I am at Naya Rabble also on Instagram and Twitter. And we will see you next week. Bye.